0: hey you guys welcome to the maine and magic podcast your stop for all things disney i'm your host dawn brown and this is episode number 15. whether you're adventuring in the parks or at home via disney entertainment i'm here to bring you the guests and info that'll pixie dust your experience and we're picking up lots of new friends along the way you can catch the links to our audio recordings via our website at mainandmagic.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Just search for the Main and Magic podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at mainandmagic. and after the show, we invite you to join our community on Facebook to share your thoughts about each topic and to connect with other Disney fans. Today Katie Fisher from Pictures and Postcards Travel joins me to review her recent trip to Walt Disney World. She shares a synopsis of the good, the bad, and the magical. We discuss the pros and the pitfalls of mobile ordering, the bus situation on property, and queuing. Katie also shares how they were able to tackle e-ticket attractions with little to no weight and a secret about lockers for anyone looking to ride Collie River Rapids. There are lots of practical tips to save you time and keep the magic high and the frustrations low. So join us on the red car trolley as we take a ride to the crossroads of Maine and magic. Welcome aboard everybody. I have Katie with me today, and we're actually going to do our very first trip review. Uh, I wanted to do a trip review now because everything is so special <laughs> with, with visiting Walt Disney World that and if you aren't going to be going until later in the year... I think this is still going to be valuable because a lot of the, the stuff that's in place now is going to be in place, you know, for the foreseeable future. So, hey, Katie. Hi, how
1: is everybody? How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Um, I you. So you were just in Florida like a week and a half yes, ago. For a uh, long long ago. Mother's Day weekend. Yes, um, happy Mother's Day but this was a little bit different of a trip because you were not with your husband and and son you were with your sister-in-law and your niece
1: <laughs> i was yes it was a lot different it was uh quite a few different things that actually i did that i normally don't do uh so it was different and learning all around um, and different it has nothing to do with having to wear masks every day or anything like that but yeah, it was, uh, an interesting four days. It was fun. It was worth it. I want to be, I, I want to go back. Like I'm ready to go back tomorrow.
0: <laughs> now you went, it was a Friday to a Monday kind of thing, right? Yep. Yes. So let's talk about that. So, when you were planning, you guys decided to fly in early on Friday and and try to get, you know, a late afternoon or evening flight out on Monday. So you had, you know, more or less four full days in Florida.
1: Correct. So that is actually something that starts the newness of this trip, if you will. Um, usually when I travel, I never pick a park on my travel days just because... I feel like you lose time um, not being able to get to the park right when it opens. However, the way with with limited capacity and the park hours for Epcot on that first day and then, you know, on Monday, the park hours for Animal Kingdom, it ended up working out that we were able to enjoy the majority of the park and what the parks had to offer with only being, with being our travel day and not being able to spend open to close at the park. Um, So it was a little bit different. It was a little bit chaotic and and exhausting because you didn't, we didn't get that, you know, go to the resort and kind of relax a little bit after being up at 5 a.m. But we made the most of it and it was, it was worth it. I still like having those travel days is just that travel days. But, you know, if the hours work out, Going to the park on travel days. Isn't out of the realm of possibilities. But now, Did yeah, you
0: so guys do that. Because you were only going for four days. And it was like. Yeah. You you wanted to dedicate a whole day to each park. Were you unwilling to miss a park. Or.
1: So We were. Originally we were only going to do three days. And not go to a park. On our arrival day. We were actually considering going to blizzard beach on arrival day and then um as we thought about it more when it got closer and the option the availability of the park was still open and looking at what flower and garden festival had to offer at Upcot, we decided to just add the fourth day and just go four for four and just do uh-huh. it <laughs> but just <laughs> why not but yeah, we wanted to dedicate for it. I mean, the solid three days, and then again with Epcot, the hours were were perfect. Our flight times ended up working out, um, and Epcot with its hours were perfect. So we got to enjoy the majority of Food and Wine Festival, and that was the whole point of 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 Epcot. At that point, was specifically really only the countries like that was. That was our trip. We wanted that. That was the mom's portion of the trip that we wanted to do. Was was only um, <laughs> the enjoy the countries and flower and garden festival. So,
0: yeah. Okay, so let's kind of go back a little bit and talk about. You guys were flying in from different cities, but your planes landed pretty close to each other, and so you were able to do transportation to your resort together. But you skipped Magical Express.
1: We did skip Magical Express. We, we weren't going to, um, again, this is another first for me. We weren't going to skip Magical Express, um, but when we got to the airport, so our flights landed about an hour apart from each other. I got in first, and then they landed from Chicago, and... As soon as they got we got there, we went down to see the magical express line and it was quite lengthy because right now with magical express they're limiting the capacity on those buses. So on a normal trip and not having to worry about getting to the park at a reasonable time to enjoy our limited time we had, we would have just waited. It was probably about an hour wait to just get onto the bus. But we opted to pay a little bit more and use private transportation to get to our hotel quicker. So uh, Magical Express was still running, but we just didn't want to wait. We were too excited.
0: And did you use Uber or Lyft or one of those... I type. took my very first Uber ride. <laughs> okay. And how was that? Did they have a designated spot at Orlando International for you to get picked up by Uber?
1: Yeah. So there is a designated spot at the Orlando airport that um, you they tell you to meet you down by... Uh, we were in Terminal A, so they told us to meet down by this entranceway and... Um, you just go down there and they come right up to the arrival section of that, that gate and they grab you, you're, you get the right car, which I, I don't think I posted a picture of it, but our cool side note, our car was amazing. It was like this holographic car. So again, I have never Ubered before. And on the thing, it said, look for the rainbow car. Like what? And up pulls the (laughs) holographic car. It was so cool. (laughs)
0: yeah that's not normal
1: (laughs) but uh, um the the ride itself was probably i want to say it was like 37 dollars just to get from the airport to the hotel um and then of course gratuity which we added on after but it wasn't too expensive but when you have the free option i mean The free option was there. We just chose to not go that route. So, but it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. Um, It wasn't a very, it wasn't a busy time. So we probably waited about 10 minutes for him to get to the airport. Uh, Once we, you know, solidified our ride, uh, we waited about 10 minutes for him to get there. And then it was about a 35, 35 35-ish minutes to get to the hotel from the airport.
0: Okay. So pretty easy. Um, Yeah. The next, so you got to your resort, which was?
1: We stayed in the Grand Destino Tower at Coronado Springs Resort, which is an, it's an Animal Kingdom resort. So it's very close to Animal Kingdom. Um, It was beautiful. I have stayed in Coronado before. I stayed prior to the renovations that occurred a few years ago. I then stayed in a regular room after the renovations, which made me love it even more. And now this resort has the tower, and they also have um, three bridges. So if anyone listening is familiar with the resort and has ever stayed there and got stuck all the way back in Ranchos, it used to be quite a far walk to get from that part of the hotel to the food. There's now a bridge to kind of reduce that walk a little bit. So it was very nice. Um, That tower was... it it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. The whole, all of every part of it from the lobby to the room, just every part of that resort made me love it even more. Um, but yeah. Oh, go ahead. Nope. Sorry. We, we checked in and, um, we, how how was check-in?
0: Did you, did you go to the front desk or did you do the mobile thing and use, I don't even know how that works. Like how do you get a key and all that?
1: So we did go to the front desk. We only went to the front desk because of the type of room that I had to book. Um, So I, because of my rate, I had to go to the front desk. Um, Had I been a regular guest going, I would have been able to skip the front desk. uh, And everything is on your phone now. If you don't have a smartphone, you do still have to check in at the front desk so they can give you a key to the kingdom. But right now... Whether if you have a magic band, obviously everything is on your magic band because it's linked to your My Disney experience.
0: If and that you, opens your door.
1: That'll open your door, yeah. And then if you don't have a magic band, but you have a smartphone, everything is on the My Disney experience app. So you're able to unlock your door from the app. And then you're also able to add your park pass to your wallet on your phone. And use that to get into the park, which I did do that twice to check out how that works. And it was very seamless and easy to do. So, um, again, if you don't have any of those options, no smartphone or anything like that, you do have to go to the front desk to get your key. Um, But we so when we checked in, we probably waited about 10 minutes to check in. It was a little bit busier weekend with some events going on at that hotel. But once we checked in, the um, the cast member that was checking us in asked us if we wanted to separate our magic band. So basically, anything my sister-in-law charged went to her credit card, and anything I charged went to my credit card. So we weren't having to sit there and kind of figure out, she spent this amount, and I spent that amount. Everything was able to be switched very easily. And, you know, of course... Again, that was something I had never had to do before because I've always stayed with with my husband, so we, you know, share the expenses. So I was curious how it looks on on the app. You can actually see what your room charges are as you're going through the week. And I did go on to see, and I, if you get your your Magic Bands and your credit card separated, I wasn't even able to see any of her charges whatsoever. So, you know, she could have very easily went and bought the figment eight by eight picture at Epcot and I would never have known that she did it because I can't see her charges. So it is pretty cool. Um, especially if you're staying with a friend or something and you want to keep things a little bit private. It was, it was neat to know that that's how that whole process worked.
0: So that's cool. Okay. Okay. So you guys checked in and busted out of there immediately to go to Epcot. Yeah,
1: so we, uh, upon checking how, in.
0: how was, before we get into Epcot though, how yeah. was transportation from oh boy. resort to the <laughs> parks? Let's, uh, let's talk about this a little bit.
1: Yeah. So we, when we checked in, we were lucky enough that our room was ready. Um, otherwise Disney would have held our bags for us so we could have left. So we got up, freshened up for a few minutes and then we went down to the busing and Coronado Resorts has four bus stops at it. Uh, We were at the last pickup spot for that hotel. There's a spot where you go if you're going to Animal Kingdom. There's a spot where you stand if you're going to Magic Kingdom. And there's a spot where you go if you're going to Epcot or in Hollywood Studios. So, of course, the park that has the most people at it at 1230 in the afternoon is Epcot. And people are just standing everywhere. There's probably about maybe 15 people trying to get on the bus and a bus pulled up and said i can fit three people and we were luckily the only group that had three or less people so we got right on a bus this specific bus driver did not ask who was here first he didn't you know try and separate anybody they are are Even with some of the restrictions being lifted as of recently, they are still only allowing about 30 people on the bus at a time. We did not know that until we got onto the bus. So we were very lucky that we didn't have to wait. Had somebody who was there before us had less people than us, we would have probably waited another 20 minutes for the bus. And we only waited maybe seven minutes for that bus to pull up to get on it. So it wasn't too bad. It could have potentially been a lot worse. Um, from that point on, when we were waiting for a bus at the hotel, as soon as we got to the bus stop, we stood at the line where you wait to get on because people are ruthless and did not care if you were there first. So we made sure that everyone knew that we were there first. And, um, You know, kind of fast forwarding a little bit, the rest of the buses that we had that picked us up at the hotel, when there was more than one party, the bus drivers did say, you know, who is, who is here first? And everyone was pretty honest with that. But if you weren't standing in line, it was just kind of a
0: free for all at the bus stops. That's good to know. Yeah. Now at the parks, when you're heading back to resort, they sort of have queues for buses. So I'm assuming that was a little bit easier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They do still have the queues for the buses. It was a lot easier. There was the, again, the, I was there the week before everything was changed. So it, it could potentially be a little different now, but there's the spacing uh, labels on the ground to keep everybody six feet apart. And everyone pretty much respected that six foot boundary. And you just had to hope that there wasn't 27 people in front of you, <laughs> so you can get on the yeah. bus. But as you can see, everyone gets to the bus stop and starts counting, like, okay, how many, how many? They had, everything was sectioned off. So, you know, that back part of the bus, the hot spot on the bus where you're sitting on the engine, essentially, on the back, that usually seats five people across the back. Well, because two of those seats are essentially... In the lap of the people sitting perpendicular to them on the bus, on the windows, those two seats had to stay empty. So that five-spot section in the back was really only seating three people. So they had to completely block sections off and have people only in certain areas of the bus. It was very interesting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you finally get to the park. Uh, You're doing Epcot the first day. How, how how was Epcot? Everything's closed at Epcot except for <laughs> Ropes. <Okay. laughs>
1: Everything's closed. There's nothing. No, uh, we got there and uh, we went and did soar. And it was about a. believe it said it was a 35-minute wait. We waited 20 minutes, uh, give or take a few. Um, so we got to do that again, complete spacing on the attraction. So they seat less people. But the wait was not that long. Um, again, we hit another first. First time I ever waited in the actual standby queue of Sorin <laughs> That happened a lot this time. Um, so we went and did that. We went and did Figment, which was like a 30-second wait um, to its posted five-minute wait on the, on the panel. Uh, After Figment, my sister-in-law is a DVC member, so we kind of went and took advantage of the DVC club that's above Figment, which was pretty cool. It was a nice new view for me. And then went and hit World Showcase, which was so much fun.
0: Um, How did everything look for International Flower and Garden Festival?
1: It was beautiful. It always is. They really do a nice job with everything. Um, It was... There were little sections, obviously, everywhere with the topiary and, you know, Great Britain had uh, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger topiaries out front and all the food was spaced out. So all anyone who's been to a festival at Epcot, you know, they have the, the small little kiosks that are there. Uh, everything is completely spaced out. No matter where you waited in the line, you had to space six feet. So it was not that busy in the world showcase. It wasn't as busy as it could have been for a festival, if that makes sense, I guess. So, but yeah, everything was great. It was still as magical. There was no magic lost whatsoever with the festival.
0: Did you have to mobile order from the kiosks or was that a wait, you know, stand, wait in line thing?
1: Yeah, so no, the the. Um, festival kiosks, or I'm sorry, the festival stands were stand and wait in line. There was no mobile ordering when it came to anything for the festival. So that you had to wait in line, which the lines were not that bad. They weren't as bad as they, that I've seen them be at any festival. Um, but for that, those food items, you
0: had to wait in line for those. Did you have anything notable that you think other people should try? did i eat
1: i had watermelon salad was amazing which is in so let me tell you about this little section there's a spot that i've seen on all kinds of festivals and i see people take a video of going back to this little section it's this building that no idea where it is i'm like i'm going to find this section i'm gonna find it and as we're walking in between (sighs) near canada I had looked to my right. I'm like, oh, there it is. And it's this huge like, convention center almost building that there was a guy playing the piano there. It's where I got the watermelon salad, which was delicious. It was uh, greens and watermelon and feta and a balsamic reduction. It's my favorite go-to summer salad. Um, so that was really good. And then we also had a pork butt and brisket and slider with a homemade pickle on it. That was really good. (laughs) That was delicious. And then we had a couple adult beverages. Um, don't hold out on me. (laughs) I'm trying to think of what, (laughs) I'm trying to think of what we ate. I can't even remember. Tried to pull up the menu, uh, I had something with moonshine in it. I remember that menu item. That was Ooh. that was fun.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I'd be drinking moonshine when it's ninety degrees outside. <laughs> Sounds like a terrible time. idea.
1: <laughs> that was, uh, we had one. We shared it. Um, that's you know one thing I always do for festivals is, especially if you're going with somebody that you don't mind sharing with, is buy one item and share it and if it's that good um go buy a second one after because they are small portions but they're filling small portions oh yeah so we did share everything except the, wa- the watermelon shell. the only thing we didn't share um i was not sharing that i <laughs> uh, my niece actually went and got the strawberry rhubarb upside down cake, which was very good, also. Oh, that's what it was. So, the moonshine we had was a frozen lemonade with firefly blackberry moonshine.
0: Oh, that sounds delicious.
1: Right. <laughs> had we each got our own one of those, we would have been on our butts and we would not have made it to as far as Morocco. Yeah uh but no we did that and then oh that's the other thing we did when we were um so during all festivals they do scavenger hunts so for flower and garden festival uh they do a scavenger hunt where you have to find spike the bee hiding around all the countries and at all the different sections so we did that it gave us a chance to actually walk around more and see some more of the flowers and things like that that they have planted special for the festival so there was something something else to do to force us to not that we didn't want to see the countries but to actually like venture into other parts of the countries that we wouldn't normally go into
0: now and you got to see sorry my mind is like tracking um (laughs) you got to see the sort of part of the new france pavilion yes yes
1: we did um We saw where uh, Remy is going to be, where the new attraction will be in France. Um, And back, like, there's a nice, quiet bathroom back there. So for anyone that's in France that needs a quieter bathroom, a little, you know, there's not a whole lot going on once you go through those gates of where Remy will be. Yeah, pretty much in the picture that I posted of the archway, that's about all you really see of the attraction. They are, it's pretty well hi- pretty well hidden for Ratatouille.
0: Now, did you stay at Epcot to close? We had a
1: 13-year-old with us. So, no. <laughs> 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 he got cranky. No, we stayed pretty late, though. We stayed, I think we stayed till about 8.30, 9 o'clock, so we did stay fairly late. Uh, the park closed at 10. We did everything we wanted to do. Like we actually did get to thoroughly enjoy the countries, which when you're traveling with, you know, I have a five and a half year old, my sister-in-law, besides my 13 year old niece, she has three other kids, a you know, averaging between uh, the one that went, went with us is 13. And then there's an 11 year old, an eight year old and a three year old. So we don't really ever get to enjoy the countries. So after we did that and then we went and did test track and, of course, went shopping in Mouse Gears, we headed back to the, ho- to the, to the resort just so we could kind of regroup, regroup a little bit and not have to wait forever for a bus because we didn't know how the whole nighttime bus situation would be. Um, but we had seen everything. Like there was no reason for us just to kind of wander around aimlessly. When we could wander aimlessly at our hotel just as easily.
0: And the next day you did. Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom. Yes. So how was that? Tell tell us about Magic Kingdom.
1: So Magic Kingdom that day. The hours were 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. We left our resort at 7 a.m. The buses were dead that early um so the buses are even though the park opened at eight the buses do start running about an hour and a half from what i saw prior to opening uh so we were lucky as soon as we got down to the bus stop pretty much almost instantly a bus pulled up we got right on and they let us into the park about 7 30 uh maybe just a little bit before 7 30 And, of course, we went right for what everyone went for, which was Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Well, when we went that way, we start walking around where the queue is. So it was already inside the building for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And it started wrapping around into the back. And we got about halfway to where the end of the queue would have been and said, let's go do some other stuff first. Because... This, like, granted, yes, the wait time would have only probably been maybe 25 minutes at best. But from what we were seeing the day before at Epcot, we, you know, we had all pretty much agreed that even if we waited 45 minutes for it, that's still not too bad. We'll just come back later on. So we ended up going to Peter Pan and waited three minutes. And the only reason we had a three minute wait time was because it takes three minutes to walk from the entrance to the ride when you go through the actual queue. I have never been through the queue of Peter Pan. Ever.
0: It is really cute. The new one. You mean the new yeah. one?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's super cute. Like, they have Wendy's bed, and I, well, I Nana was in there. I was just like, this is, I'm really glad we're doing this right now. Like, this is super, yeah, I've never seen this. So we did Peter Pan and then we went over and did Pirates and got a cup of coffee and a breakfast sandwich over by Splash Mountain. And then we did Aladdin Magic Carpets and we did the Tiki Room and we did all that before 9 a.m., including actually sitting down. I didn't post a picture of us getting attacked by one of those disney birds but it was all about my sandwich like he was a very close for comfort he was not going by the six foot rule i can tell you that and yeah within an hour and a half we had had breakfast at the park and did four attractions so um and then we went and did since we were right there a tiki room we did uh your favorite swiss family robinson treehouse (laughs) <laughs> um, I can't remember the last time I did that but the view of Tron from up there was really cool and the castle obviously and went back over and did Splash Mountain and Space Mountain was a walk on Splash Mountain we waited like 45 minutes for we did Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and we had lunch and we honestly did every almost I think aside from we didn't do Buzz Lightyear and a couple other like little things. But by after we were done with lunch at, you know, three thirty four 4 o'clock, we had done almost everything at Magic Kingdom.
0: And, and this we, was a Saturday.
1: That was a Saturday. Yeah. Now, what I will say is by 3 o'clock, you know, after our lunch, because you could tell people were coming to the park. Like you could tell that the park hopping had opened up. We were gonna go to Star. Oh, we had to go to Starbucks because my sister in law had to buy the uh, "Been There, Done That" mug series cup. So, oh, yeah. Uh, the wait for Starbucks was, you know, like a 25 minute wait, and you we knew at that point, like, okay, the park's getting busy. We've we've basically done everything, so we went back to the hotel and we went swimming and you know and en- enjoyed the resort for what the resort had to offer. But like I said, by, by four o'clock we had done everything on a Saturday at the busiest park, which is unheard of. So that
0: was pretty now, cool. Now how did you feel about standing in lines? Um it
1: sucked. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. Um it, it was rough because when you're normally standing in a line you're inside the queue. Like you're inside a building. The buildings don't hold that many people when you're having to stand apart. So you're baking in the sun. You will never hear me complain about the heat ever. But they, when you're in a line even when you're standing in a line, and this actually still goes now with the um, new mask mandates that Disney, you know, is enforcing now, once you get in the line, you can't take your mask off even to drink. And there are cast members everywhere and you get yelled at if you're taking your mask off to drink. So it did make it a little bit harder to stand, like just physically stand there baking in the sun for a little bit longer, but they were pretty cool because you're actually standing in the standbys and A lot of these attractions are things that when fast passes are happening, you're fast passing. Like you were going to fast pass Peter Pan because it's always a 90 minute wait. You're going to fast pass Seven Dwarf Mine Train because it's an hour and 25 minute wait. So these are things that you're normally fast passing and you're skipping all the queues. And it was very interesting to actually see the queues for what they offer.
0: And I wish, I wish the standby line for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train was an hour and 20 minute wait, (laughs) because when we were there in January, it was over two hours, which is why I haven't done it yet, because my personal limit is two hours.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't wait that long for that. Um, But so here's the thing is it's it was a little bit not stink if we would have had kids it would have been a little bit harder to entertain because um so seven dwarf mine train has a lot of hands-on things to keep the kids occupied while you're standing there all of that was down They, they had it off you couldn't touch it so if you were there with a younger kid it would have been harder to entertain them in these long queues that actually have things in the queues to entertain them yeah um, but they, it wasn't as bad. We were very lucky because all of the wait times, I think everything except Tower of Terror was less than what the wait time actually said. So it did go by faster than you think. And uh, I will say the one thing, especially in those little bit of longer lines, like Splash Mountain we waited 45 minutes for. We downloaded heads up on our phones and we basically stood in the line and played heads up. So it's that game that you put on your forehead and you have to it's like verbal charades essentially. Okay. Try and get. So uh, the one we downloaded had a Disney character category. So, you know, we were doing Disney characters and star Wars and things like that, where you have to try, you know, I have to figure out a way to get you to say Cusco without, saying cusco um you know something like that so that helped make the time go by faster so anyone who's going to wait in line find a good game download it everyone learn the rules and play it 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 made time go by faster and we had we had strangers that were behind us and there was we we were in line for splash mountain this guy was behind us and he was by himself and My sister-in-law had the phone on her head, and it was a Star Wars category. I don't even remember what the word was, but I had no idea what it was. My niece kind of knew what it was, but was poorly describing it. And this guy behind us starts explaining it, and my sister-in-law is like, Oh, why didn't you say that? I don't know. (laughs) 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 So it was, you know, there were people around us that were kind of... And then we saw people... Um, in line of Tower of Terror that after a few minutes of watching us play it, like you can see them, they went on their phone and downloaded the game and they started playing it with their group. And so get a game to keep yourself occupied in the lines.
0: Okay, so Sunday you guys did Hollywood Studios. Yes, we did. <laughs> you We're- must have good internet on your phone or something because <laughs> you got a boarding group.
1: We got a good boarding group. So, we used my tricks, and we went down to the bus stop, which is where we found to be have the best reception. There were no walls but guarding us or anything, and, and as soon as 7 a.m. hit, I hit join, I hit join, and it said 26. And at first, I'm like, wait, wait, what else am I supposed to hit? Oh, I don't have to hit it? I have 26. We have 26. So. We were at the bus stop at 7 a.m. So I will tell all you lovely followers of my <laughs> mistake that I made that I'm kind of ashamed to admit. Uh, so the night before, we went to bed you know, a little bit early, knowing we had to get up at 6, knowing that we had to get a 13-year-old up at 6 and be at the bus stop because the buses are running about an hour and a half before the park opens. So we're like, all right, perfect. Like, we'll be at the bus stop. We should be able to get on a bus by 7. You know, we won't get that first bus. We'll definitely be at the park before it opens at 8. So we're sitting there, and we're looking at the bus times, and no bus is coming. And no bus time is coming. And 10 minutes go by, and no bus time is coming. Like, what the heck is going on? We were so excited about trying to figure out how we were going to get on a boarding group that we forgot to look at what time the park opened. (laughs)
0: And it was oh, no.
1: Scheduled to open until nine. So there was no bus coming anytime soon because it was <laughs> 7 a.m. So we went into the hotel, we went to the coffee bar that's in the tower, we got a small little grab and go breakfast, we got a iced coffee, and we decided called our moms for Mother's Day, and we decided that we just wanted to get to Hollywood Studios. So we actually Ubered from our hotel to the park well one thing that we learned from our uber driver is if it's before a certain time the parks don't let anybody including uber drivers pass the main gate to get to the parking lot so he dropped us off at the boardwalk hotel and we took my favorite walkway into hollywood studios and we were probably the 20th person in line to get into the park at 8.15, they opened the gates. They started doing the temp checks. And we boot scoot and boogied our way uh, to the entrance. No one was in line at the entrance. We quickly scanned in. And we hustled over to Slinky Dog. And we were the first people into Toy Story Land and the first people in line for Slinky Dog Dash. Like There was no one in front of us. We were We were it. It was awesome. People started coming behind us, but then probably about 10, eh, like 820, um, yeah, 825, they, you know, ushered us into the line. We had to have a cast member guide us through the line because there's no one to follow because we're it. And we were the first one on there. So after Slinky Dog, we did Toy Story Mania and then went and did Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And by 910, we had done three of the big attractions at Hollywood Studios. And then our boarding group got called at about 9.30, maybe 10 o'clock. And as soon as we got over, the ride had broken down. So we had to wait, which if it breaks down, if Rise of the Resistance breaks down, as long as your boarding group is called, you can go past your time. Like, it'll tell you that they're only seating like 18 to 30. And then... If later on they're only calling groups 55 to 70 and your boarding group, you still haven't used your 26, you're able to do it. So we ended up going later on in the day because it broke down a couple of times, unfortunately. But we hit basically three of the main things before 9:10, 9:15, And then we went and did Rock and Roller Coaster. We had something small to eat. We did Millennium Falcon. We went and shopped in the shopping section of Galaxy's Edge, did Tower of Terror a couple times, did One Man's Dream where I cried like a baby. I
0: know you've been in there before. I have. They opened it when we. Okay. So I'm glad I'm not the only person then. I'm just like, yeah, I'm down for some tears. So let me go grab a stack of napkins <laughs> and go in here and like water the carpeting.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. But at that point of the day, it was it was fairly warm and we had been back and forth because, you know, Sunset Boulevard and Galaxy's Edge are not close to each other. So we were back and forth a couple times and at that point it was It was fairly warm out. It was, like, 94, which, again, I am not complaining about it. I was fine. But we're like, let's go do this. So I'm, like, slowly walking around, looking at everything, even though I've seen it a thousand times. And we go and sit down and watch the movie at the end. And uh, it was... I don't remember them. I don't remember that movie. Like, I remember watching it. I know I've watched it before, but it's all narrated by Walt. The whole 15-minute video of it is all narrated by Walt. And I left there with my sunglasses on so nobody would look at me like I'm a weirdo with tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm good. No, that's a, it's funny that you brought that up. Because when you were sending me photos, I was like, oh, man, it's been a minute since I've been in there because the last two times I've gone, we've gone with a small child who is not going to have it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was just reading this article in Celebrations magazine, which I just started subscribing to. If anybody is, you know, wanting a Disney magazine, this one's really good. Um, Anyway, and they mentioned in there that when that opened, a lot of the cast members that were working in that attraction, if you will, said that people coming in that were like in their teens or younger didn't even know that Walt Disney was like a person. They didn't understand that the park and all the whole Disney empire was from. Walt Disney like the actual like there that there was an actual human tied to it (laughs) yeah so um I thought that was really interesting I I know probably a lot of people go to the park and pass that up but I mean if you're a Disney nerd anyway you've probably been in there but if you are in the park and you maybe don't you know, you're kind of interested in the history and you like Katie said, need you know, if it's warm and you need to cool off and look at something interesting. I think it's probably like I wish they would make it bigger. <laughs> I want I yeah. wish it was more. Uh you know. Yeah. The it, couple
1: pictures I posted out there do not do it justice because there's I mean there's um things from you know, drawings that they did, there's there's how they did the first um, camera that they used for the animation. It was, it's very informative and nice, relaxing, out of the sun, just something to do. It's part of Disney. Like, that's
0: Disney. That's what Disney's yeah. about. Yeah, they have and- things in there, you know, from, from the archives, from the Walt Disney archives. It's not You know, it's not some graphics thing they threw together. It's you actually walk through and look at real things that have made history in the company. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's cool. You should definitely do it. Okay. I, you guys, oh, we forgot to talk about your dining experience in Magic Kingdom. So let's go back to that real quick.
1: Okay. Yeah. So we, uh, again. Weekend of firsts. Ate at Liberty Tree Tavern for the first time. It was delicious and a heck of a lot of food. Uh, it is a family style. They have a meat and not meat option. We all choose chose to be carnivores that day. So uh, for forty dollars, which was actually a very good a very good deal, we got pot roast, turkey, pork stuffing mashed potatoes green beans and macaroni and cheese and it's all you care to enjoy so the pot roast yeah all i'm
0: gonna say is that turkey is like
1: yeah it was good
0: come at me with that turkey please
1: (laughs) (laughs) i was all about the pot roast they're like i mean we're three fairly little girls that we're sitting at this like Table of just meat. There was just meat everywhere. And they're like, do you guys want anything else? Like, I have more pot roast, please? (laughs) So they bring out a whole other plate of a full portion of pot roast. Like, I would have been good with just, like, small little section. But nope, bring out the whole thing. My niece polished off, like, two full helpings of mac and cheese on her own. It was so good. It is, honestly, it was very... It's well worth the amount you're paying for the food that you get. And then, so your drinks are not included, but the dessert is included, which was this warm toffee cake with ice cream on it. Oh, man. And all I said the meat was worth the $40. I would have paid $40 for that cake. It was so
0: good. Did they bring that out all in one dish or did you each get your own?
1: No, it all came out on one dish.
0: Okay. Yeah. You don't, was that considered lunch or dinner when you went? We went and it was
1: still considered lunch, but whether you go at lunch or dinner um, and at different times of non-pandemic, it may be different. I truthfully don't know what the menu looks like during normal times, but whether you were there for lunch or dinner, it was the same menu and the same price point.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, that was kind of where I was going. Was the pricing was any different? Okay,
1: but I will say, and I understand. Like, so Liberty Tree Tavern, it's you know, it's in Liberty Square. It's right by the Hall of Presidents, so you have that um, colonial times feel to it, and it is. I will. The only thing I wasn't. To say not happy about because I get that it's colonial times and they are trying to keep an image, but I feel like that restaurant, in my opinion, could use a little bit of a makeover, like just a little one. Like we got sat in a section that was still carpeted, and I don't know, it was. It's not. It wasn't dirty. Like don't. I'm not trying to say that it was dirty or dingy or anything like that, but like it. It almost, I guess it's weird because you know, you're going into this like colonial time type restaurant. So you're expecting it to be a little bit older feel to it, but I would eat there again. It was
0: good. It is an interesting ambiance compared to any other dining yeah. location. Um, I think because there's rooms, it, it's it's like if you were going into a house. So there's kind of like different. Sections which you know doesn't yeah. exist at you know 1900 Park Fair or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so but it's, I, I think it's really cool. But I again, I haven't eaten there in a very long time. Um, but I just remember the food was so good. <laughs> okay, yeah, so sure, sure. and then at, at studios, you guys ate at the 50s primetime diner. We did, yeah, so we.
1: We actually did two different things at Hollywood Studios. So because we were eating a little bit of a later lunch, and we were up so very early, we ended up eating at one of the quick service restaurants in Galaxy's Edge. And the three of us ordered off the kids menu. And we actually, the reason I'm bringing this up is because we used the mobile dining for it. So... Uh, we got something just kind of small enough at, you know, 11 o'clock to hold us over with the mobile dining, tr- just touch on that for a second. Unless you have a meal plan, which Disney is not doing meal plans right now, there is not a way to charge it to your room when you do the mobile dining. So you have to charge to a credit card. You can charge it to the credit card that's on file on your My Disney Experience, but it automatically gets charged to your credit card that's on file unless you have that dining plan when that comes back.
0: Okay, so you answered that question because I was going to ask you that from our our last uh, episode where we talked about planning a trip and you said that you were going to have to kind of see that happen in action. (laughs) So that answers that question.
1: Yeah, so I mean, and it's still very easy. Um, It's a little bit different now. It was uh, docking bay seven is where we ate at. With the mobile dining now, which this is a little bit different from the last time I did it also, is you have to pick a time that you're going to go. So sometimes it, this could change again with, with restrictions and things being lifted. But in the past, you could just order something and then say you're there and go pick it up when you want. Well, now you have to find a time available. So we were, when we decided to, to eat at Docking Bay 7... Uh, Again, it was a little bit earlier still. And we were in line to get into the shopping center in Galaxy's Edge, which, yes, you had to wait in line to go in because they were only – the way it's set up in there, um, they were only letting so many families in at once. But we said, okay, well, by the time we're done here, we could pick a time between 11.10 and 11.30 to go get something to eat, where what we really wanted was actually Woody's Lunchbox, but the earliest time we would have been able to pick up food at Woody's Lunchbox would have been 1.30. So if you don't order early enough, you're limited on where you want to eat for the mobile dining because you have to pick a time frame to get it.
0: So it's a positive. Really inconvenient. It, it is. Kind of yes. frustrating. <laughs> it
1: was a little bit. Yes, it was because you're sitting there and, I mean, it's, you know, the parks have plenty of options to get food at. So it's not like you're limited, but knowing that, and knowing that we wanted Pop-Tarts at Woody's Lunchbox at nine o'clock, we would have said, okay, at 12 o'clock, let's go get this. Let's order it now. We hadn't really, shame on us for not really paying attention to that. But docking base, it was still something new that we went and ate at. But we were limited to where we can go. And there there was plenty of times and different things, places to go, but you're limited on when you can get that food. So that was interesting.
0: That's that's good I, to know though, because if you have your heart set on you know chicken and waffles from Sleepy Hollow, if they're doing that, are they doing that in every park?
1: Yes, that is how it is working at every
0: park. Yeah. So if you even if you have your heart set on a quick service meal. Yeah. Well order it when you get in the park. <laughs> Just yeah. say, well, I guess we're eating lunch at <laughs> twelve <Right, exactly. 12:15." laughs> yeah. fifteen.
1: But All it, right. it's nice because you can plan ahead, but in the same respect, if you're kind of last minute like how we obviously were, you do have the potential to be limited on where you could go based on how they're doing things right now. But it was still a little more different. It was a pretty cool restaurant, actually. Um, the food was really good. It was, I mean, I have the world's pickiest child of my own had I brought him there. Uh, because so things, for anyone who's never been in Galaxy's Edge, everything, including the food, kind of plays to the theming of, you know, far off land and things are a little bit different and it's not like getting a normal chicken finger. Um, It was honestly like a cube of chicken. It was very interesting. It was still a chicken finger, but it didn't look like that. And I would have had to blindfolded James to eat it because he eats with his eyes sometimes, but it was still really good. So, and it came with like for the kids meal, it came with a drink, a small portion of mac and cheese and this piece of chicken, which was really good. So um, but then like at three o'clock, we had reservations for 50s primetime diner. So with all the sit down restaurants, if you have a reservation, you're able to check in for your reservation 20 minutes prior to your reservation, your actual reservation time. Um, And then you have a 10 minute window of when they call you or text you or message you that your seat, your table's available. So uh, at that point, we were a little bit hangry. So we checked (laughs) in. 20 minutes early and got seated almost instantly. Everything was good there. Still as fun as I remember. Our waitress was good but I wish we had the waiter that was serving the table next to us because he was more into the role of 50's primetime diner. So, it wasn't bad. Everything was still good and it might have just been because of, you know, They can't let you go stand in the corner for not for putting your elbows on the table because in the corner is by another table. So it could have very well been that situation, but it was good. And I got a sticker for cleaning my plate. So and I got more chicken. I had the fried chicken because I had the pot roast the day before, which I, I was trying to decide between pot roast or fried chicken at 50s prime time. And since I had pot roast at Liberty Tree Tavern, I went for fried chicken, which was so yummy. So delicious. Um, <laughs> uh, we got the onion rings for an appetizer and basically rolled out of Hollywood Studios after that.
0: <laughs> okay, so you left there a bit but early we, as well.
1: We, we didn't leave right away. We, um, we, after dinner, I think we went back into Galaxy's Edge. And, oh, we went on, we, we went and actually did our Rise of the Resistance boarding group after that. Because we hadn't, we didn't do it beforehand because it kept breaking down. So we actually did that after, walked around Galaxy's Edge a little bit more, uh, went and rode Tower of Terror one more time, and then that's you know did one man's dream after, and then we probably left Hollywood Studios. I want to say we left there maybe about six six thirty. The park was closing at eight though, so we stayed for most of the day. We did get everything done there, so we didn't leave super early, but we left. We didn't stay till the park actually
0: closed. Okay, before we get to your last day. Yes. Because you left early on your, you know, weekend days, your Saturday and Sunday, to go back and kind of enjoy the resort. Yeah. How was the resort? Like, would you stay in the tower again? Do you prefer the regular rooms outside of the tower? What are your thoughts on Coronado, you know? Where to stay and all that.
1: Okay. So I did like the tower. The tower was beautiful. Personally, based on bus location, even though you're, it's actually more to stay there than it is to stay in a preferred room at Coronado Springs. As much as I enjoy the tower, I would not pay to stay in the tower again for a couple reasons. One, obviously, again, being the busing situation, it is the last pickup. So we did get very lucky with when we got on buses. But it, if you're getting on the bus at a busy time, you it, we had more of a chance of not getting on a bus like we did on that first day because the buses are already full. Because they've picked up at three other spots already prior to getting to the tower. I think that would be my biggest downfall of the tower and then just a couple minor things um one being that because of the times that we're in the elevator to get up to our room only allowed four people or one party at a time and it's not like a regular elevator where you wait you push up or down and go to the elevator door that opens the elevators at the tower are a little bit different where you press the floor that you go to first. And then it takes you, tells you what elevator to go and stand at. And then it takes you up to your room. One of the days it was very busy when we got back and we pressed the elevator to get up to the 10th floor. And when the, you know, it said to go to elevator C and when we got to elevator C somebody, there was a family already in it because they had got on at the lower lobby. So we had to go and push for 10 again and it told us to go wait at a different elevator door. So we had to go wait at elevator A. Well, there's already people waiting for elevator A that had more than four people in it. So we had to wait for that elevator to pick up and then press ele- floor 10 again. And after about four times of pressing to get up to the 10th floor and not being able to get onto an elevator, we walked up 10th flight of stairs. So that was a little bit of... That was the, oh, It only happened one time and during normal social distancing times where it's not existent, it wouldn't be that bad. But during the times that we're in, it made it very frustrating and I did not enjoy that part of the, the elevator. Um, and then the only other thing that if you're staying with your immediate family, I, it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. But inside, so in normal rooms, when you're in any other room on any of Disney property, as far as I know, you have your bathroom section. So usually there's a barn door, or, you know, in Value Resorts, it's a curtain that blocks off the entire bathroom section, which is where the sinks are. And then next to the sinks, the shower and the toilet are behind a closed door. So you have your barn door, and then a sink, and then another door that separates the, the, shower in the toilet. In the tower, there's still the barn door, but the barn door is to the sink and the shower. And then only the toilet is behind a closed door. So if my niece was in the shower and I needed to say, just brush my teeth, it didn't go in there because the shower and the sinks are in the same section. So if you're staying with friends that you don't want to see things on them, It caused, it it wasn't a big deal because it was later at night, but if you're trying to rush in the morning, you know, you're having to really figure out bathroom times and get up a little bit earlier to make sure that everyone has a chance in the bathroom. Because there is no real, the bathroom is private, but there's not a private section like there is in the normal rooms where you could still brush your teeth while your friend is in the shower. So, I would 100% stay at Coronado again. I still love that resort. I love the ambiance of the resort. I especially like the new bridges. Um, the atmosphere of it is beautiful. I would not personally stay in the tower again, okay. but I can appreciate what the tower is for. So, just I'm surprised control. that the
0: tower's bus stop. Is I know the last bus stop. But how long of a walk is it to the first bus stop?
1: Six and a half minutes. Do you know how I know that? We timed it.
0: <laughs> is the first bus stop the farthest away from it?
1: Uh, no. It's the second furthest. So the way the bus stops actually go is, it's really weird because this is how they have it. So it the bus stops actually go two, three, four tower, but when you're looking at the way the what they're called it goes Casito, casitas ranchos cabanas tower the casitas building is the preferred room it's the one that's the closest to el mercado to the shopping center the reason the tower is a little bit more now is because that is where check in is so check in used to be where el mercado is but it's now in the tower. So the tower is where everything is located aside from the quick service dining at Coronado. Um, It was still, so uh, one of the days going back to the hotel, the bus, obviously it stops at the Casitas building first, then goes to Ranchos, then goes to the Cabanas, then goes to the tower. So one of the days I got off at Casitas, that first stop, and my sister-in-law and my niece stayed on the bus and got off at the tower as if they were normally on it. Walking my normal Disney pace, I got off the first bus stop, walked from the bus stop to where the property, you know, in, into the sections where all the walkways are, and walked to the tower, got on the elevator, up to the 10th floor, into the room, and was in the room for a good 10 minutes before they got up to the room seven minutes we'll call it but still so it was faster to get off and walk to the tower but i wouldn't want to do that every night and i wouldn't want to do that with a five-year-old
0: yeah (laughs) but if you're with a group of adults then you could walk to that bus stop in the morning now get picked up first
1: what i will tell you about the tower the other reason so Small, brief, little history of the tower. One of the reasons the tower was made is because Coronado Springs is a—it's um, a convention hotel, so it's where a lot of meetings will take place. There's a an actual convention center in the main lobby, the main, the old lobby where the quick service dining is. So the reason for the tower was for people that were going for conventions, and they built an indoor walkway from the tower to where the convention center is because one of the complaints that people had was they were having to walk outside during Florida weather, whether it be 98 degrees or a torrential downpour. They're in their business attire and having to walk outside in this heat or hail or rain or whatever the day brought. And they weren't looking professional going into their meetings. So now the purpose of the tower was for these business men and women or, you know, groups that, you know, clients that are staying there for conventions to have a more business like room and be able to walk inside the air conditioning to the convention center without having to step foot outside. So in that aspect, the whole, that the tower is perfect. If that's what you're going for, the tower is perfect if you don't ever if you want to go to Disney and not have to go outside which I don't know why you would do that stay in the tower because you can get from the tower to Rick's Sports Bar and El Mercado without going outside at all ever so it's not a big deal but that is the purpose of the tower. Um, the rooms are a tiny bit bigger than what the actual regular rooms at Coronado are not by much but they are a tiny bit bigger. Um They're all renovated, though. They all have the same, you know, uh, furniture in them and all that, all that's the same. So, and the other purpose of the tower. So if anybody wants to stay at a moderate resort, but still take advantage of club level, which is actually only a deluxe resort amenity when club level is happening. Um, so club level is for an extra cost. You get, um, All you can eat food and drinks during different times of the day. They have little sandwiches, um, beer, wine, water, pop. The tower has a club level section to it. So had that been an option for us, it would have been, you know, it could potentially be different to wanting to stay in the tower again. But without it, I, I personally would only stay in a preferred room at Coronado. I wouldn't stay in any other room at Coronado anymore.
0: All right. It's good to know. If anybody out there was wondering, based on what she said, you can make your own decision.
1: <laughs> and I, I'll never tell anybody, no, if somebody absolutely wants to stay in the tower, obviously, I'm going to give you my opinion because, you know, my my point of view, what my experiences are. But if somebody's dead set on the tower, it's a beautiful room. It's a beautiful Building, there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. It is beautiful, but depending on the type of vacation that you want or experience that you want, you would be, you could potentially be just as happy staying in a preferred room in the casitas building. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. It just depends on your group and your trip and what you're doing. So, okay. Um, so, okay, so on your last day, you guys did Animal Kingdom. So how was that?
1: So we uh, got up early again because we had to check our bags with Bellhop. So we got down to our room. Uh, sorry, we left our room about just before 7, gave our, our bags to the to, uh, Bell Services, and they held everything for us all day. Uh, we got to go to the park. We got to the park at 7.20 for an actual 8 a.m. open this time. <laughs> it really <laughs> opened late. Um, we got right in and made our way, of course, over to Flight of Passage immediately. And it was even before scheduled park open, it was a 25 to 30 minute wait, which we waited that whole time. Again, it was the first time I actually waited in the queue, which was... For anyone who's ever seen Avatar, it was amazing. Like, I had never been in the queue before, and it portrays the movie to a T. It's just awesome. Um, by the time we got off of that attraction, which it's it's actually about a eight or nine minute ride from the pre-show to getting through the whole attraction. By the time we got off of it, it was a 135-minute wait. So... <laughs> it's a go-to um oh that is one thing i will uh other thing about the attractions flight of passage was the only attraction we did all weekend that actually still had the pre-show to it it was a bit of a condensed version of the pre-show but it still had the pre-show and it kind of had to because of the way it is but yeah so that was, we did that. And then we went over and did the safari, which was like a 20 minute wait, I want to say. And then my niece and I went and rode Yeti twice in a row, two times in a row. It was about a seven minute wait both times. So we basically got right on, essentially. And then um, what else did we do? We did Cali River Rapids twice, which, do you know the last time I did Cali River Rapids?
0: a long time oh, i haven't been on it in a decade <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you still get wet you still get wet very very wet but it was 96 degrees outside and we went on it twice because when we got off of it we were already wet and we're like let's just do it again so uh what i one thing i and i actually forgot about this right by cali river rapids There is So, all Disney parks have lockers. These lockers are not big enough to hold your carry-on items. They're big enough for a book bag, a purse, you know, some little things you might have. Um, If you're thinking of taking all your luggage with you to the park, they will not hold that. But we... Right by Kelly, so the the lockers are $10, and it is an all-day service. So you can go in and out of this locker as many times as you want. Um, We did rent a locker a couple days just because we had a lot of bags. So that's kind of backtracking a second. But the one thing Disney's not doing right now is they are not doing the package, um, any package pickups. So you can't, they won't take them to your hotel or anything like that. So once you buy something, you're stuck holding it. So we did rent a locker. But by Cali River Rapids, there's a locker section by there that is free for two hours. So if you're wanting to go on and get soaked, you do have the option to put all of your belongings. You don't want to get wet into these lockers and it's free for two hours. Was that always there? I do not remember it because what Me I remember. Because I had
0: been remember- using that a lot. Right. Lot.
1: And I remember in the center because we're like, I'm planning this. The one I don't care. I mean, we were flying a couple hours after this and they, they had to leave before me. But I remember I kept saying, I don't want to do this too late because I don't want to go on the like, I don't want to be soaking wet still on the plane. We dried fairly quickly, but I didn't want my sneakers wet. I would have been OK with having to change my shirt. I have one pair of sneakers and I did not want sopping sneakers. I remember back in the day, there used to be a thing in the center of the boat that everyone threw all their stuff in. That's not there anymore. And I don't know when they got rid of that.
0: Okay, I remember that, but I don't know if I'm remembering that at Animal Kingdom or if I'm remembering that at Busch Gardens.
1: um, I'm almost positive it was at Cali River Rapids.
0: Yep, yeah, because it was like a plexiglass thing on the top. And you yeah. open it, and you throw all your stuff in. Yeah. And okay. it only
1: and it only opened halfway, like only part yep. of it. Yes. So that's not there anymore. But the lockers are. You do have to have shoes on to get on the ride, though. So we put a poncho over our feet, which. Doesn't I mean,
0: do anything.
1: <laughs> it did enough. Not on that ride. <laughs> it did enough. I, I like tucked it into my socks and. Um, it did enough to keep my feet fairly dry, which, okay, but, um, it was still fun. So we did that. What else did we do? We did a couple, uh, tough to be a bug. And then they had to leave cause their flight was six hours before mine. So they left about one o'clock and I got to do two things that I haven't done in a while. So I got, to, first thing I did. Okay, so let me preface this by saying, James, my son, is obsessed with Disney Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom on Disney Plus. When I tell you he watches at least one episode a day, is not even exaggerating. I mean, this all this kid wants to watch is this. So I told him because it was a school day, I said, as soon as you get home from school, FaceTime me and we'll go and find a couple of the animals together. Okay, so everyone thinks like. I cried a lot during one man's dream being on FaceTime with my kid while I'm walking around seeing this stuff and his face, I was like walking around animal kingdom in tears. (laughs) It was, I, I was very sappy. Um, so I went and first got on the train and went over to Rafiki's planet watch to the affection section, which is where the, uh, there's a veterinary hospital back there where they do actually do procedures back there. Uh, nothing was happening when I was when I went back there, but that I did get pictures of where it is. So I went back that way, saw a couple of the goats, which you can pet a goat and a pig, and there's chickens and donkeys, and you know, washed my hands, got back on the train and went back up front. Right. This is all right by the safari for anyone it that goes to Animal Kingdom. And then on the other side of the safari is the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. And This is where I really cried because in there is one of my son's two favorite animals, which this one, his name is Gino. He's a 30-year-old silverback gorilla. And as I'm walking through the exploration trail, waiting for James to patiently call me like five minutes away, and I said, is Gino out? Like, I have a kid calling me on his way home from school, and all he wants to do is see Gino And Carrie and Bones, which are the lapid faced vultures, they're like, Gino is currently out, but he's a 30 year old man, 30 year old old man, and he won't be out much longer. Like, this kid better call me. I got back there, and for anyone who's watched The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom, all the gorillas, including baby Grace, who is now two years old, are all out in front of the glass. And as I get back there, James called me. And his face when he saw, like, if he was there, I would have been a hot mess. The fact that it was only on Facetime, I was only a semi-mess. His <laughs> face on that Facetime was priceless. I actually have it videotaped of his face, like I did screen recording. It was, uh, it was priceless. I was so excited he got to see it. I felt aw- like it was awesome for me to actually see it in person, see them in person. And then all he wanted to know about was Carrie and Bones, which are the the vultures. And they were not on stage, but they're backstage because they have an egg, which uh, is a very viable egg for this endangered species that is doing very well. And he was so excited to learn that they have an egg and he's like, when's it going to hatch? When's it going to be born? Is there going to be one next time we go? Like all, He just asked these I have these cast members, which, you know, this is something you used to do at Animal Kingdom. So I have these cast members that are like right by the flamingos and the vultures that are hearing his conversation. And she's trying to talk to him through the FaceTime while I'm talking to him. And it was such an awesome experience. Like I've, anyone who has kids that's listening, watch the show, watch the series and go and spend an entire day at Animal Kingdom. And I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Because even as a, a 40-year-old adult, it was awesome actually seeing these animals in person after seeing them on the show. Because I learned things that I didn't know on the show. And then seeing them in person was just, it was amazing. So.
0: Yeah, I think that show is going to help people appreciate the park more. It really does. Yeah. What I wish they had was a little theater in there that showed a video of how Joe Rody got them to actually commit to building the park, because that's a fun story if you've never heard it. Yeah. <laughs> I- uh, so picture you're an Imagineer and you've been tasked to design a park that has animals and the price tag is going to be a billion dollars. And you can see on the faces of all the board members that they're leaning towards no, because <laughs> they don't really understand what you're trying to explain to them. And then, so on the last meeting, you're like last opportunity to go and actually try to sell your idea to get them to commit to building it you just bring a tiger into the boardroom and like, let it walk around. <laughs> um, True story that actually happened. And right after that meeting, they were like, okay, let's build it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I hope that more people will wander back into those areas, you know, you know, the animals are kind of becoming celebrities, but if it's getting you to know something yeah. about an animal that you, you not only were you not looking for it when you went to Animal Kingdom, but you never even heard of it in the first place. Right. You never saw one like, because you're just trying to get to the ride. Exactly. Now, now you have a reason to, okay, we did the ride. Now let's go look for... <laughs> yeah. And the African Crown Cranes or, you know, whatever.
1: Did you know that there are three different types of zebras? Did you know that? Cuz I did it. While <laughs> I was on the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail, I learned that there are three different types of zebras. There's the gr- grubby zebra, the common zebra, and the mountain zebra, and all three zebras are featured at Animal Kingdom. In different spots, Uh, it's really, (laughs) and it's not, it's not, it's not a zoo. Um, Not a zoo. It's not a zoo, but it's, you know, it was really, it was really interesting, actually. And yes, did we want to go on on Flight of Passage? Absolutely. Did my niece wanted, you know, do we have to ride Yeti? Of course. You're going to Disney. This is what you're going for. Things like this. But I mean, there's so much at that park. And I have done things. I have done the, the um, Rafiki's Planet Watch. I have done that before. I have done the Gorilla Fla- Falls Exploration Trail. There's two other trails that you can walk. Uh, the Maharaja Trek you can walk. There are other treks that you can walk. I ran out of time before I could do those because um, there's a tiger back there and the, um, bats. You can walk into a bat cave, basically. I did not have time to do that on this trip. I have done those in the past. It is, it, it really is an
0: awesome park. It, it truly is. So, yeah, if you have a kid that is into animals, I would say watch that series before yes. you go. And then it'll kind of enhance the experience because you can see the animal that you saw on TV.
1: Yeah. So James right now in school is learning about all different types of animals that lay eggs and quick short story, not Disney related, but his teacher had him, he's in kindergarten. So his teacher had all the kids, um, they colored an egg and over the weekend before they came back to school on Monday, she had taped the egg to their chair and told her, all the kids that they had to sit on the egg to keep it warm. So they, the egg would hatch. So all week they did this. And last Friday, the egg hatched and underneath their egg was a, a toy salamander and he hasn't put the salamander down. So the teacher emails us and tells us about this project that they did all week and how the kids are, what the kids are learning about. And I replied back to her and told her about James's excitement with me being in Disney, um, learning about these lapid face, lapid face vultures. Their names are Carrie and bones for anyone that watches the show, but I, I told her about these two vultures and his interest in them and you know how he's so excited because they have an egg and the teacher actually went and she I actually talked to her today and she said thank you so much for recommending the show I'm three episodes and I can't stop watching it I didn't know the show existed It like she's so into it she's and this is a teacher I mean there's people out there that don't know the show exists that are teaching our kids these things that this is some pretty informational stuff that they're learning on it, so it's pretty cool. Definitely go watch it, guys.
0: And then go to Anim- and that concludes our discussion on Disney's Animal Kingdom <laughs> and why it's not a half-day park.
1: <laughs> not a half-day park anymore. <laughs>
0: I'm glad you've joined us.
1: Um, but so, anyways, I ended up leaving the park uh, about three o'clock and went back to the resort on my own just a couple minutes for a bus and sat and enjoyed some final sunshine before coming back to 30 degree weather in Buffalo.
0: And you took an Uber back to the airport as well, instead of doing the Magical Express bit.
1: Yeah, I did opt to take an Uber um, again for sheer convenience. The Uber, or I'm sorry, the Magical Express does take you back to the airport about Three and a half hours prior to your flight, I did not need that much time. Um, security was a bit long, actually, so I didn't have to check any bags, which is why I was okay with this. But security was um, actually about a 40-minute wait just to get through security. So I downloaded the Orlando Airport app. I knew what the security times were going, so I knew how much time I had to give myself to order an Uber, wait for the Uber, and take the 40-minute car ride during rush hour traffic in Orlando back to the airport. So it's probably about waiting for the Uber and getting to the airport. Probably took about an hour altogether.
0: How was expect. checkout for you um, since you guys had like your magic bands and stuff?
1: Yeah. So checkout is actually really easy with Disney at midnight. The day you're checking out uh, anything that you have charged to your room at that point automatically goes to the credit card that you have on file on your my disney experience account so there was actually no reason for us to even go down to the lobby to check out we honestly went to bell services and left we didn't have to tell anybody anything and uh side note on that just because everything goes to your credit card at midnight the day you check out you're still able to use your magic band or charge things to your room on that checkout day so while i was at animal kingdom i did still purchase make purchases i did still use my magic band and it's just the same thing applies at midnight that night that remaining balance goes towards the credit card on file so checkout is very easy if you have the app if you have a credit card on file which you have to have a credit card on file and super easy to do and i i'm a weirdo i constantly am checking my room balance two times during our four-day stay so 50 percent of the days i went down to the lobby at night and used disney gift cards towards my balance and why you ask because i don't want to bring that many gift cards with me to the parks when i just have to wear a magic band but i still have the gift cards so i utilize the convenience of the magic band But take advantage of having Disney gift cards to pay it off prior to that departure day.
0: So smart. Although Mm -hmm. I guess you kind of have to now as far as like mobile ordering and things like that. Because you're already, it's already all happening online anyway.
1: Yeah. And I mean, so your My Disney Experience account will always have a credit card on file. So you don't even have to bring credit cards with you to the park. It's automatically on there. But... Yeah, that's something that I've always done. I'm constantly looking at my balance. I know what I have and whether it be gift cards or, you know, if if we go as a family, you know, cash that James gets from grandparents and things like that, we never bring any of that to the park with us. It always stays in the safe and then periodically throughout our stay, I'll take, you know, some of that money or the gift cards down to the lobby to pay off. So that way at midnight the night of checkout, Honestly, I think at midnight, I had $6 charged to my credit card after three days. So I had paid everything off with, with uh, gift cards.
0: Okay. I do want to circle back to one other thing. Yeah. Because I think it's kind of a big deal. How was the photo pass situation across your entire trip?
1: It was good. It was still a few weeks prior to our trip, they had changed the policy of not having to wear a mask during pictures. So uh, there were plenty, still plenty of um, photo pass opportunities throughout all the parks actually still have to download those. Once I get them downloaded, I'll get some of those posted on the Facebook page on the group page. But um, yeah, there were still, there were still everywhere. There were still lines to, to get your photos taken throughout the park there was definitely less like some spots that you would normally have seen of photo pass person. Um, like I don't recall seeing one back by uh BR restaurant, which I know there used to always be one back there. I don't remember seeing one there, but they were still everywhere. So that was there. They're still the photo pass memory maker um, add on to the, to your package is still 100% worth it.
0: Okay. That was going to be my question. Did you feel like you still got the value for, for it?
1: And I mean, we, we definitely took less pictures just because that's how we, like that was just our group dynamic that we didn't take as many pictures, but, um, we did still take, we took plenty of pic, uh, quite a few pictures in galaxy's edge Um, a couple of the parks actually, uh, hold on. Let me think magic kingdom, animal kingdom, and Hollywood studios. So those three parks have a zoom photo. So you're standing there. I I have one from Hollywood studios and galaxy's edge, and I have one from magic kingdom. I will get those posted as soon as possible, but it's basically a picture and, You have to look off to the distance. Like the photo pass photographer, there's still a photographer there, tells you where to stand. They did take a couple pictures with their camera, and then they position you and say, okay, don't move. Look up to point X, and he moves completely out of the way, and 30 seconds later, looks at his iPad, says, yep, that's good. And then you look, and it's a picture, and you're there. And then it zooms out and like the Magic Kingdom one, the castle is behind us. Like you can't see us anymore. It's just the castle. But then it zooms back into us. So it's Yeah, cool. I've
0: seen a few of those and I was like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. too freaking awesome. Because it's almost like it zooms like what I the one I saw was Magic Kingdom. And they were the the couple was a couple. They were standing kind of like there's like a railing where you're kind of the castle's behind you and they had you kind of look up towards oh gosh that restaurant right there in tomorrowland that i can't yeah. remember the name of right now so and okay. then yeah so like the the picture's like you know a close up of like their waist up and it zooms out and you just see like the entire hub area with the castle and you can barely see the couple they're like yep. teeny tiny and then it zooms back in, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is the yeah. coolest
1: thing ever!" <laughs> really cool. so we did that one, and we did Galaxy's Edge, and the middle, uh, it like you could see the Millennium Falcon, and then it zooms into us. Uh, there was one at Animal Kingdom, and it would have had the Yeti behind us. However, when we were in that area, it wasn't open yet. So
0: okay. Uh, I haven't seen those. I've only seen the magic that one magic kingdom one so far, but
1: I I will get them down. I promise I will get them downloaded very soon and get everything uploaded, uploaded to the site. So when you're on the attractions, like all those pictures still show up. You do have a mask on when you're on the attraction pictures, but yeah, everything still had pictures. Then, like I said, there were still photographers everywhere. So Still worth it, still 100% worth the, the cost, the $170 cost of it, especially if you're going with your family. It's definitely worth it. The, the pictures that Disney takes are
0: priceless. Last but not least, there has been a change since you returned, but it's still pretty much the same. Like, the, really, the only difference is you don't have to, ha- to wear a mask. When you're walking basically from point A to point B outside. Um, but you right. still have to wear it in a queue, in a building, on an attraction, on the bus, in your hotel. You know, not in your hotel room, but in your hotel. yeah, Inside, unless you're sitting down eating. So basically, if you're just walking from the Mexico pavilion to the Norway pavilion, you can take your mask off for your walk. Sure. But as soon as you get in line for Frozen Ever After, you got to put your mask back on.
1: Correct. Even if that queue is outside, the second you step into a queue for an attraction, a mask has to be worn. Honestly, probably one of the most, especially the type, especially the way I, Disney, having to wear a mask. First of all, it was not as bad as I thought, especially in the heat. I was anticipating it to be a lot worse. It was very tolerable. They are very serious about having your mask on though. Like it's either on the right way or you're out of the park and they did not joke around about that. Um, But that was probably one of the most difficult parts because I always like to be on the move. So not being able to eat, like grab a pretzel at Anaheim produce and walk over to Tower of Terror, you had to physically stop, sit, eat, and then move or stop, sit, drink, and then go on. Um, so that kind of makes it a little bit easier now with the way it is, but yeah, the only difference is just when you're walking in a public outside, you don't have to wear it. That's it. And the temperature checks are gone.
0: And they are increasing capacity, but we have no idea to what level.
1: (laughs) Yes. Capacity has increased. I don't know to what I will say. Uh, I did just check. Because you do still need park reservations. I did check park availability today and it is booked through July 20th, I believe. Not every park, uh, uh, Hollywood Studios is going to be that first park to go. And July, even with the increased capacity, July 20th, up to July 20th, Hollywood Studios is already booked. With a few random days here and there in like October and stuff. Okay recommend booking early getting it done just do it it was sad not being able to watch phantasmic or uh, you know at epcot being teased a little bit with uh with the setup of everything that's going to be taking place at epcot and obviously not being able to see happily ever after and tinkerbell fly it was a little bit sad but All of the magic that Disney has to offer and that Disney does was still there 100%. You know, Clara wore her birthday button around because that was part of the reason we were there was for her birthday. Every single cast member that saw her wished her happy birthday. At 50s primetime diner, she got a cupcake because it was her birthday. So all of that Disney magic is still there. It is not gone at all.
0: Okay, If you guys have questions, though, you can email Katie. What's your email? Uh, It is kfisher,
1: F-I-S-H-E-R, at n-y-a-a-a
0: dot com. Also, for anybody who's, like, thinking they might want to go international, Disneyland Paris is opening up June 17th. And the new, the fancy new hotel that I want to stay in so bad Um, hotel new york the art of marvel oh it looks so cool that's going to be opening (laughs) june 21st so if you have dreams of traveling abroad that's going to be available soon too
1: call me when you're ready to do that because there are going to still be restrictions
0: with traveling overseas yeah thanks for trip reporting us We'll probably do these every once in a while when there's something sort of special happening, food and wine festival, or, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do one with, you know, all the 50th anniversary things coming. I'm hoping that anybody who's traveling soon gets something out of this and helps, it helps you prepare a little bit more so that you don't get frustrated. And, you know, just have, like, a better experience while you're there. Uh, mm-hmm. Random side note, have yeah. you ever waited in a line? Like, in normal time? I feel like every no. attraction that you named off, you were like, I've never waited in that queue. Yeah. I've never waited no. in that queue. No. And I'm like, how, where are you getting all these fast passes? You can yeah. only have, like, three or four fast passes.
1: If we didn't have a fast pass for Peter Pan one time, we just wouldn't ride Peter Pan that specific trip. Or because we would go for so many days, we would, you know, do Magic Kingdom two days and do Peter Pan, Seven Dwarfs, Mine Train, and Buzz Lightyear one day for Fast Passes. And then the other day we go, we would do three different attractions.
0: So we but just what do them. you do when you're not riding attractions that you have a Fast Pass for?
1: We wait in boring lines like Small World.
0: Okay. <laughs> not,
1: that, not that Small World is boring, but the line for Small World but, like, the stuff that I've never waited in line for, the queues, like, are, it's, they're interesting. <laughs> the stuff. So, the stuff I've never waited in a queue for are the queues that have the most interesting queues. Like, Dwarves <laughs> and Pandora and big uh, Sorin. I mean, Sorin wasn't interesting,
0: but Test Track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, got, I kept thinking... who does she know there that i don't know that's just getting her like are you getting the vip tour thing every time and you're just walking on rides that's a wrap on this episode thanks so much for riding the red line with us Thanks to my guest, Katie Fisher from Pictures and Postcards Travel. If you are heading to the parks or looking at booking a Disney cruise or Adventures by Disney experience, Katie can help you get the best prices and discounts along with custom planning and itineraries all at no cost to you. You can find her online at picturesandpostcardstravel.com, on Facebook and Instagram at picturesandpostcardstravel, or you can email her directly at kfisher at nyaaa.com. Now that you've had a listen, we invite you to join our Main and Magic Friends community on Facebook to share your thoughts about the episode. You're welcome to pop in to share an idea, a story, or a photo, and connect with other Disney fans. You can also ask questions, get and give advice, post updates from the parks, and just have fun. Head to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash main and Magic to join. If you've got a comment or a question, you can also email me at MainAndMagic@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at MainAndMagic. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks so much for listening. And of course, in the Disney tradition around here, we don't like to say goodbye. So we say, see you real soon.